0: Welcome to our last Tuesday of the month book discussion. Just a couple of librarians talking about books we think others might enjoy. October's read is Between Earth and Sky by Amanda Skennendore. I'm Amy, and joining me today is Jenny Garner, the library director at North Liberty Library. Hello. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited to talk about this book. Um,
1: this book.
0: So. Yeah, um, so confession. I, historical fiction is not my typical genre. There are a couple of ones out there that I really enjoyed and appreciated, um, but in general, it's not my go-to. Um, are you an avid historical fiction reader or was this book kind of equally outside your comfort zone?
1: No, I love historical fiction actually. Um, I And I just have rediscovered it in probably the last five or six years. I had I took a couple of historical fiction classes in college um, so I did a, a great turn of the century, um, early, ni- early 20th century uh, fiction, so historical fiction, um, 1900 to 1950, which I loved. And I found so many books that I discovered so many authors and books. Um, that I, I mean, I've read it periodically, but I'd say in the last five years, I've really picked it up. And actually, in my queue right now is um, My Dear Hamilton by Stephanie Duray, which is the uh, perspective of Eliza Hamilton and her very tumultuous marriage to uh, Alexander Hamilton. Um, which they say is America's first sex candle marriage in the White House. So um, I just I started it and then I got sidetracked by another book, but she's very um, spunky in the character, so I'm really excited to continue it. Um, I've read the Wilderness series, which is also Native American, uh, has some Native American, um, and the it's I can't think Mohawk. Tribe. Um, and then Maisie Dobbs and Bess Crawford are two of my favorite uh, historical mystery women. So oh. lots of mystery, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. With that background in mind for our listeners, I, like I said, historical fiction, not generally my go-to, um, but there were certain things in this novel that really captured my attention in like the amount of research that she must have had to do. Um, especially when it came to like the language um, and some of the customs and things that we see throughout the novel. And there was that scene where the narrator and her husband are helping rebuild a grave house that was destroyed and like a conflict between her husband and um, one of the other characters whose name I can't recall, but um, the other character was... American Indian. And anyway, so they, I just thought that that scene in particular, there is a little symbolic, but it was also just a really good example of how she worked her research in so well. Did you get that too, when you were reading it?
1: I think she did, I think she did that throughout. I think there are so many, ex- I mean, the thing that struck me probably the most, that with that scene, I would say, um, yes, I think that, um, just the whole overall arching um, thing of the, of the destruction of burial grounds throughout the Throughout our history, and us, and us meaning Americans, um, particularly encroaching on burial grounds, Native American burial grounds in the United States, is a true. uh, I mean, it it reflects in this very small scene here, and and you don't remember his name because I don't think it's important. I think he's he's the sideline. I mean, not that he's not important, but he his character is a glimpse of what happened in this greater. Um, thing I feel like the helping is something that's just human sometimes Um, and I'm not sure so I just was in a an author discussion last week with an author who wrote about some um, race tension racial tensions in uh, Missouri in a small town in Missouri and one of the things that struck me and what he said was they, there was a lot of racial tension between um, people of color and the, and the white people in that community. And yet when a, a person of color lost his home, they all came together and helped rebuild. And I think that that's just the nature that we have as humans. We just, we help each other. Um, and that's why it's so interesting to me to all the time to think about, reflect on, on racism and, and on how we oppress um, different peoples. I would say at the beginning when they cut when they change their clothes and cut their hair when they first bring them to you know they line them up and cut their hair and the crying scene when um, they cut off the braid yeah. and I literally I cried several times during this book I'm gonna cry just talking about it actually but yeah just there's so many scenes like that where we were some terrible things that people thought they were doing good.
0: Yeah um, for sure I also remember that crying scene and that was Yes, the very first scene that I cried and there were several tears after that, but yes, and you talked about the the tension and we do see a lot of that in between the characters as well. The author doesn't shy away from like talking about that tension between the children um, when they first come, uh, later on even between the classmates and then as um, our narrator gets older and she has some of that tension when she goes back with her husband to try to help And even that narrative of, you know, her trying to help, like you said, human, but also-
1: Unwelcome. I mean, he didn't-
0: Yes, yeah. And unwelcome, definitely, um, in some ways and throughout the novel. um, And just seeing that, I thought that that was a really good way to, I think I thought that that was well done by the author, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. So to that extent, was there a particular character in the novel that left a strong impression on
1: you? Um, you know there were several, but I think um, for different reasons. I think um, Harry Muskrat, whose name I'm not going to even attempt his his native name, um, but just for his pure integrity and honor, and the honor he felt throughout. I mean, you see throughout from the very first page or the first introduction of him, and then his just genuine kindness and ability to to kind of bridge the the tension with some with, in some of the scenes. And then I loved Stuart, her husband. I, I, I feel like, I mean, that poor man, I mean, but he, he wanted so badly to support her in, in this, in what she was doing, um, and, and do good. Um, it kind of struck me as being similar. And I mean, it's kind of, kind of almost, I don't know what word I want. He's almost Pat, but, but similar to, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, where he's trying to do this good thing, um, and he's he's torn. He doesn't know how to approach it because he, he it's not something he's familiar with. Um, but and then Minnaye, uh, just because of her heartbreak, the pure heartbreak of her character, she is you know when she she's obviously loves George. I mean, she loves loved him, and and then she did this thing that she was angry and carried with her. So.
0: Yeah, there's so much heartbreak on so many different levels throughout this book. Kind of just heart-wrenching all around. Yeah, I all of those characters, the thing that struck me in a negative way, I really did not like the main character for most of the book.
1: I wasn't a big fan either. She She's okay. Um, and it was okay that, to not like her, which I usually don't like. So that's good. That, so who did you like?
0: So in contrast to like her kind of, I mean, it wasn't her fault. She was, she was flawed and she needed to be like, that was good that the main character was in that position, I think throughout the novel. But, uh, and I think it was good for me to dislike her, but the person that I think left a positive, strong impression on me was the character who our main character was in love with George. George. Yes. Thank you. That was his, uh, Uh. Christian name is what they call it I believe there but he really struck me as kind of a very just a very strong individual I thought it was interesting that our main character her name that was given to her by Harry Muskrat, was I believe he translated it to white birch which Mm -hmm. to him meant like strength and resilience and I I thought that was interesting because I definitely would have pegged that for more for George's character like that's who I saw as like kind of a pillar of that throughout and I mean she our main character Alma does you know definitely goes through some stuff but I I definitely appreciate George more I think throughout and of course you know his the way that his story ended was awful and tragic and stuck with me in that way as well and speaking of our, our main character, so there, were, there was a theme of agency throughout the novel and specifically how it applied to, as you talked about earlier, alluded to, our kind of suppression and, of that agency um, and how it applied to their cultural beliefs and their customs and she struggles with that throughout, like the idea of knowing or acting on what is best for other people. Do you think that there was some type of resolution at the end for Alma or anyone
1: when it came to that? I mean, <laughs> I think she. I mean, I think she felt like she had some resolution in letting Harry go um, and letting it go. Letting him have his honor, mm-hmm. but I'm. Sure that she fully learned her lesson for lack of a better way to say this. I'm not sure that she wouldn't go forth and try to help someone else in the same way or take their uh, take yeah. their culture from them um, because I, I think and she and there was this conflict with her dad that she loved her dad obviously and, and he was a good father to her and then the conflict of recognizing that he stole agency, he took so much agency, and and was so downtrodden at the end, um, probably because of that. But he took her agency too, um, so it, that's an interesting um, thing to recognize as you're as you're reading that is that he not only you know took the the agency of the Native American kiddos that were that he brought to the school, but then he also took her agency.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and to see like you exactly like you said, how that's passed down and around our society and the different structures that that was created. Because um, even there was a point where, um, I think it was Minowee, I don't remember, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Minnoway, I think Minowee says to Alma that she took everything from them, their like customs, even their language. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Um, I would have ever seen it that way and I obviously can't speak to that because that's not my place to but um, I'm not sure if even Minoway as a child saw it that way but as an adult kind of has come to that realization that there was maybe something lost in giving that to her as a child because she couldn't fully comprehend or didn't didn't have the uh, appreciation and knowledge necessarily, maybe. I don't know, Um, but that's kind of what struck me about that exchange with them as children and then as adults, when you have that confrontation.
1: And it also shows that the children, I mean, the innocence of the children. I mean, I I agree, I don't think she did recognize as a child that this was happening, Mm -hmm. um, except for maybe when when it came to teenage years and she had this anger, Um, but I think the child, I mean, they obviously delighted in teaching the language and having her say words and so yeah I, I think it was a tough read it, it wasn't what I expected um I, I I enjoyed it I liked it a lot actually but it, it was hard
0: yeah yeah there was definitely um just by looking at the cover I think I had a certain expectation of it being a little softer read and it definitely <laughs> was not <laughs> no it
1: was not I, I did too. and I think um to the author's credit it was
0: it was really wonderful. She, I guess, um, I read a little bit about her. What kind of sparked her initial interest in this whole kind of path she took with the book was a interaction she had with her mother in law, Alice, who is a Nishinabege. So her mother in law told her about some of the boarding schools the government had set up at the beginning of the twentieth century. And so that's kind of how it sparked her interest, and then she went into you know deeper research and stuff. Um, so I thought that was again to her credit of research, um, but also just to give us some perspective and know that um, while it's a great book, it's also not an own own voices approach to it. I had to kind of recenter the book around that when I when I was reading it. That you know it's also important to read other titles that that are considered like own voice titles um, around the subject and and kind of make that balance and adjustment, so. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Um, I really appreciated getting to chat with
1: you about this. I would recommend this book to some of our patrons. I hope some people will check it out on Digital Johnson County as well.
0: Yes, uh, it's available in e-audio and e-book. And if you enjoyed this month's read, or if you're just looking to expand your historical fiction reading, you may also want to try Give Me Some Truth by Eric Gainsworth, Barkskins by Anne Prolew, I'm sorry, that's French, I may have mispronounced that, Uh, or Interior Chinatown by Charles Wu. Next month, Emily and I will be discussing Ararat, a novel by Christopher Golden, which is also available on Digital Johnson County. And the library will receive multiple print copies next week as well. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you'll join us again. Bye.